0: Welcome to the Frantic Assembly Podcast. This is our end of year roundup. Oh, Christmas was good. It was really good. It, well, you obviously enjoyed it. Like I'm the size I'm, of you. I'm like a... I don't want to go into fat shame. I'm just... I mean, you just look like you've enjoyed yourself <laughs> and probably other people too. <laughs> <laughs> true that, true that. <laughs> what a year it's been. Yeah, well, I think just getting my head around... That, what a year it's been has that's that's been extraordinary just just listing all the things that we've done, I mean we knew we wanted to do like an end of year podcast and talk about it but it's all a little bit of a blur it's only yeah. the process of writing it down pulling it together and realising just how far you've come in a year it, it's amazing, but then this happens every year, you're always in this position and and um, and, it, and it's not just the eggnog that's given me the warm, fuzzy glow. <laughs> but this year, you turned 25. You personally. I did. I did. Again. <laughs> again. And yeah. again. And again. And again. Yeah. And, again. Um, yeah. and I, I think I, I, I was trying to carry about this, and I was saying, you know, 25, to me, it just feels like a, a number. And it's only really when you start asking people what that means to them. And then what frantic assembly might mean, or how you're connected to frantic assembly, or what your memory first memory is, that you start to get an understanding of the uh, depth of feeling or, or the impact or connection people have with the company or have had over those 25 years. And then compiling the book, the photo book, yeah it wasn't just an indulgent uh, you know walk down memory lane. It, It felt really fresh, it was bringing things back that um, obviously you you just forget about, but it's that impact that coming together and forming a company has had on myself, Stephen and Vicky, but also all the people that we work with and continue to work with. And it was a real privilege to actually hear people's testimonies and stories and see their photos and and just talk about what, what the company means to them.
1: I think everyone always remembers where they were on their first Frantic show. They don't forget that one. Yeah, yeah yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was educational. <laughs> <laughs> Not doing that again.
1: So, since our very, very special Christmas special uh, this time last year. The, that was almost the, a year ago. It was almost a year ago, yeah. <laughs> um. Funny that, isn't it? <laughs> um, the Frantic team has grown and changed and shifted um, in quite an exciting way.
0: Well, there's been a, yeah, there's been a lot of change over the past, say, year and a half, I think. Um, and, and it only struck me when we started to talk about 25, yeah. you know, 25 years, that obviously I've been here since the beginning. And when those conversations started happening, I think the longest anybody else had been at the company was about six or eight months. <laughs> so when you start to look at me as the bank of knowledge, yeah. you know, you're in trouble. So um that could have gone either way, but actually what it meant was all of this fresh energy coming into the the company. And I, I found that really quite inspiring and, and, and exciting. It wasn't at all scary that people didn't well, they didn't have the baggage of the previous twenty-five years. What they did have was an understanding of the aspirations of the company, but were coming in with this fresh energy, uh, asking what can we do to make it bigger and better, and that's completely exhilarating. So yeah, loads of loads of change. That takes a while to settle, but some of that change, you know, moving to Somerset House, you know, it's such a lovely place to come and work to just stroll across the the bridge but actually it's about being in that office and facing that new team and looking at them all and thinking this is exciting we're having really good conversations that are really kicking things forward so yeah it's been it's it's been a brilliant year I think it was a big
1: old it's inspiring move as well wasn't it I I you must have as well but I've got loads of fun memories of the old office but <laughs> you put them side by side and realise what, what, as a company, has been achieved this year in terms of just the place you get to yeah. work. It's amazing. Yeah.
0: But I think that old office, for people who don't know what the old office was, it was above um, an old uh, organ factory, I think it was. And it was one of the lowest, I shouldn't say this, but one of the lowest rents in London. <laughs> but originally the, the floor sloped slopes, into the corner, you yeah. know? And so we're all sitting on chairs with wheels. And um, one would, false move, and you'd all end up in the same corner. People have to pull themselves back in <laughs> with their be. hands into the desk and the onto the table. <laughs> um, and that, I quite liked that. I liked how rough and ready it was. It wasn't the theatre world. Yeah. And, and I think that worked for me and for the company for a while. But then,
1: you with this it. new
0: team coming in, it's kind of outgrown. And yeah. also, I just think we had to look at it, I had to look at myself and go, does this work? Are you happy being here? Is this clever being on the outside like this? And I realized, no, it's not. I was just hiding. Yeah. And I've always been a little bit backward about coming forward and and entering in that room and putting my hand up and saying, hello, I'm here. You know, still am. But I thought, with all these new people coming in, this is exactly the right move to make, you know, to be brave again and audacious. and. You know, don't rely on the twenty five years of something in the past. You know, build on it. What can what can the future be? And and I think coming to Somerset House has been a, a very, very positive move. It's been a bit of a, a commitment to each other within the team, really, let's take ourselves seriously. Yeah. Let's make something happen. Let's make waves, as Pete says. We've <laughs> talked about it
1: quite a lot. It actually doesn't feel like it was this year. Oh, we've talked about it so much. It's only because I'm here and I talk about it every day <laughs> still. <laughs> but the unreturning...
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but the unreturning was still a part of this year yeah, in and, uh, a big that's, way.
0: That's, it is amazing when you look back because it does feel like ages ago Yeah. Uh, because so much has happened but it also feels like yesterday. Yeah, um, Yeah. so in January was the second half of the, uh, the unreturning... Tour and it kicked off in London London it, at the
1: uh, at Royal East. And dare I say it, was almost the unreturning two then, isn't it? we yeah. had a chance to really relook at it, and yeah, it's in I mean, it's a great opportunity yeah.
0: when you get that the possibility to come back and look at a piece of work. That's the problem with touring. is It's hard to actually um, learn from your mistakes. Yeah, you're just accumulating all those little. Uh, I mean, you learn a lot, but you just don't get much opportunity to uh, make wholesale changes. Not that the the unreturning needed to, but just having a couple of days back in the rehearsal room, it gave you guys, you four performers, an opportunity to um, apply all that you had learned. Because you could see that on the road. You were Mm -hmm. growing. You were all absolutely bursting with all this new knowledge and understanding and potential. So it was very exciting to come back because I flew back from India. I was working out uh, in, yeah. in India. We didn't know you were going to be there on press night. Well, I barely. You know I mean, I was a husk. <laughs> I, I, just, I was knackered, uh, jet lagged, but it was it was really exhilarating seeing you guys um, own that mm. space and, and deliver such quality because, and I've said this before as well. One of the things people forget was that's an ignition show. You know, yeah, you, you yeah. all came through ignition, so. Um, when, whenever Neil gets a moment to sit back from his work I'm sure you know, he's, he's burning with the pride for those for you, for, for guys and the, the journey you've been on initially through Ignition but then you know in, in your own careers and then again through the rehearsals and um, through the tour because it was very ambitious yeah, bringing your Together, and for someone like Keaton, I think it's his first professional job, um, and he won't mind mind us saying, you know, he, he was struggling, which is yes. absolutely right. He was really struggling in in rehearsals, how to how to make the best of this moment, um, but he was supported, and my God, he 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 picked yeah, it up that, and ran with it.
1: That return, um, the rehearsals we did with Jess Williams before going into london i think the four of us came back so hungry with the new yeah, script yeah, edits yeah, yeah. and everything but it was keaton that kind of actually led the charge a bit because you saw oh, really? how, you saw how hard he was working yeah um and we were like yeah all right we're we're having this and i think my favorite memory of that rehearsal if you if you if you're listening and you saw the show um the set is basically the the fifth character in, yeah, yeah. in the show is such an important part but we didn't have it Um, and all we did was we taped a rectangle onto the floor and we mind pushing this box around but we were standing on the spot (laughs) and we committed to it so like with full heart um and i think it was only jess and neil that got to see that version of it but they were still saying it's really watchable um but the audience had to move around the outside in the rehearsals because the box wasn't moving or the, the rectangle on the floor but it was we were so committed to it that that potentially
0: farcical version of that show didn't get in the way of us at all. But I think that's, I think that's something really important there because i, I found that you know, everything you throw at a show mm. or, or looks like you've thrown at a show you know, the, the, the lights, the, the, the sound, the set um, sometimes when you strip it right back in the rehearsal room and it, it feels absurd for a minute yeah. you find something amazing about yeah. it. It happened to Curious Incident all the time in the rehearsal room there was magic there that we knew our main job was to retain it, you know, because it could easily be swamped by all of that technology that was thrown at it. And that's why the, the schools tour that's out at the moment doesn't have all that backup yeah. and it remains uh, raw, but incredibly engaging and very, very alive. So I, I think that's something to take forward. I, I, I would. You know if I can remember that moment of wisdom you know going forward, I always afford the cast an opportunity to just strip everything right back as you say yeah. and It just meant find all each, each other again. All
1: we could focus on was the words, yeah. and the characters. And I think in the first the first round of rehearsals for the show, it was such a map and it was a puzzle that we were still putting together that we actually needed to work out how every single page worked. So uh, th- making the thing function, was what rehearsals were spent on and we learned like you said along the way but getting that luxury of just a week without any of that stuff and just you know really thinking about characterization and, and scene work i think some of those scenes were um frighteningly explosive in the room to the yeah. point where exactly what you said how do we translate this onto the stage how do we keep this because it it, it feels really good yeah. um, and again what What's always dangerous is it feels good in the room.
0: Sometimes it's just actors. Weird. Um, I think I've spoken about this before. But for Tiny Dynamite, um, when Stephen and I were performing in it with Jasmine Hyde, um, we would put the setup. So we'd have ratchets in hand, and you know uh, nuts and bolts and screws and all of that. And we'd do a line run. Those were always the best <laughs> versions of the show. Uh, and I don't know why. I just really remember listening. Um, we weren't doing it for an audience, yeah. which I think is really important. You're, you're really listening to somebody speaking in the moment. Um, we tried to capture that once on a run of Stockholm. Um, when we were opening Stockholm by um, Barney Lavery, I think this was in Plymouth, we were yeah, yeah, we're in a flat and we invited the two performers around and thought this would be great. We'll, we'll turn the flat into their house. And we'll run the show in their house, and we'll let them drink wine, and you know, ply them with wine, just to get them released and relaxed. They just got <laughs> It was it was <laughs> terrible. <laughs> they were slurring and bumping into each other, and yeah. They ever go in a resource pack? Oh, oh God! <laughs> Should have done. Should well, have I think we're just too ashamed. I think we just agreed never to talk about it <laughs> until a future podcast. <laughs>
1: Another big thing this year was your collaboration with Hijinx.
0: Yeah, yeah, Into the Lights. Um, that was actually a collaboration with Hijinx uh, Theatre, who are based in Wales, and Teatro Ribalta and Danse Mobile, uh, companies from Spain and Italy. Um, but what was really interesting about it was that it, it was developed over probably about three years, working with the same... Performers and those performers were, um, you know, their, their background. Of course, you know, international. The language barrier wasn't was an issue, but also, they were uh, with learning disability and without learning disability, and that was that was a really fascinating uh, process. What I wanted to do was explore what it means to get on that mm. stage, and. How we might be drawn to the light, um, how that might be an opportunity to be celebrated but it's also an opportunity to be exposed and derided and so it was about all of our relationships with that moment of stepping in into the light, all it promises and all it can deliver, both good and bad, um, and it was lovely to get such honesty from the performers. Um, it's a project I'm really proud of. I think it... It looked beautiful. Andy Purvis's lighting design was just stunning. genius. Yeah, um, illusions. Yeah, a complete illusion on stage. Um, and and I I co-directed with uh, Christopher, um, which was great. You know that's the first time we'd worked together. Um, it was a real it was a real test of the the method. I think you know the frantic method. Um, but again, you just see people growing through these simple steps so I'd love to see that project come back again um, maybe sometime in the future, fingers crossed Yeah, I think it deserves it well, It was nice
1: that it did, a, it did a tour didn't it, which is nice that it wasn't just a, a one-off thing um, lots of people got to see it
0: Yeah, but I still think I think it can go further I'd love to think it can go further, the logistics of bringing it back together might be difficult but um, it I, I think it's a show that will surprise a lot of people um, it is incredibly precise and asks a lot of its performers, but they delivered they absolutely delivered I couldn't be more proud of them for doing that there was such a lovely team yeah proud of that one smashed it yeah well mm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> We sort of hinted at it earlier on, uh, with this being your twenty-fifth year. Um, the decision was made to milk it. <laughs> I'm
0: joking. Yeah. I'm joking. No, I'm but... happy with that. <laughs> and it's not our twenty-fifth year. We are twenty-five. You're 20... So we are. It's our twenty-sixth year. Ah uh, right. Okay. Yeah. But I think that's how it works.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you have a birthday week, don't you? You just. Oh, you just...
0: off. <laughs> I cannot bear that. That's birthday the first week is it? Yeah, Is that the first
1: we've been really well behaved. Um, but uh, the decision was made to take the year to celebrate, to look back and look forwards. Um, um, it's been brilliant. There's been some really joyous um, moments that have brought the company really close together to celebrate the achievements. But well, tell us about some of these. <laughs> tell <of>, us <laughs> about Please that. tell us. Well,
0: um, well, I think. This is something I felt a bit squeamish about. You know, how do you celebrate uh, 25 years without being a swimming like me? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and that's why I think it was so important to get the vision and perspective of the new team. Yeah. Um, and you know, producer Pete Holland and uh, executive director uh, Kerry Wheeling have been absolutely amazing and visionary with that and taking us to places that I would never have thought of or, or thought that we could thrive in. Um, by that I mean you know, creating a short piece of work for Latitude and then presenting that work again within a festival at, at the River Stage, the National Theatre's River Stage, which um, I had all kinds, all kinds of worries about. So for those who don't know, that was about um, curating two and a half days of work on, on a, an outdoor stage and that includes all kinds of audience interaction and um, uh, workshops, bands, stand-up, poetry, you know. Um, DJs. DJs, yeah, parties, you know, and I have to say, it worked so much better than I ever thought it possibly could. Um, I mean, the, I had my reservations, but that was just fear, I think. Yeah. Um, as soon as it started, as soon as Sean Holland picked up the mic and as the MC Found on himself. that Friday, <laughs> as soon as the first sounds came out of his mouth, I thought, we're on to a winner here. And that feeling just continued and grew all weekend. And I have to say that by the end of the week, it was my proudest moment in 25 years. Mm. My, my favourite moment in 25 years, probably, um, because it was a celebration Of the company, but of connection and potential because it was full of ignition people, it was full of performers who have become practitioners who now teach throughout the world. Um, All of us coming back to make work and present it, as well as engaging the public in how they can do it. It was the most wonderful celebration. I couldn't be more proud of the company, but I have to say, um, it it comes down to Pete and Kerry's challenge. Yeah. You know, let's do this. And and then the response of the team, because we said, what could we do? And we had a whiteboard and we just wrote out all the things we could do. And I think it took us about forty minutes to do it and we did it all, I think. Yeah. Um so yeah, so <laughs> you know, you, you come out of that thinking, well that was a nice piece of nostalgia. For me it wasn't. It was much more than that. It was telling me about the potential of this company and it still surprises and inspires me.
1: I missed it at Latitudes. The first time I saw it was on the river stage and it worked so brilliantly out in the open like that. But sometimes thinking um, is absolutely
0: brilliant. Well, again, that was another one where we made it full latitude and anybody who has made work full latitude knows that you get very little tech time and stuff <laughs> gets thrown at it and it's, it can feel chaotic and everyone's work everyone's trying to do their best but they are up against it um, our lighting designer Matt Whale went above and beyond and made sometimes thinking one of the most beautiful image led shows on, on stage and um, then when we took it to uh, river Stage next week, it would have very little technical support. Yeah. So I was worried about that. But it did exactly that thing we were talking about. It just came together and was clearer. And the and actors were much smaller stage as well, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, but stage. the actors weren't dwarfed no. by the uh, imagery. They weren't dwarf, dwarfed by the lighting. They, they were front and centre. And you should know about front and centre, Johnny, because oh, you always gosh. find your way there. Funny, funny. Which, true. Which is my little joke in the book. You uh, <laughs> Have a look at that. Oh, i have to have a look at that. Actually, you? it was a caption, but it took it out in the end. Oh no, I'd have loved that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway. Shameless. So sometimes thinking became bigger and stronger, but because I think the actors were given the opportunity to step up and take ownership, plus it was the second or third time we did it. Mm-hmm. And my co-director, Simon Pittman, um, had a couple of days rehearsing. So he had exactly that experience yeah. you were talking about with The Unreturning and he managed to, you know, weave a little bit of magic in there and, and the actors grow. That's the great thing about doing a show. If you don't feel like you're growing through the experience then something's badly wrong. I found that show, um,
1: the word I would use for it in the most positive way was satisfying. Like watching it was the most satisfying thing ever because how silky and smooth and seamless everything was all the S's um, <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> just as well you don't have some kind of strange <laughs> sort of I do a little s- bit I do it's quite a similar <laughs> test yeah. Um, uh, yeah it was seamless and and constant and
0: yeah incredibly satisfying well that, I mean what's great about that is I know that it wasn't I know that <laughs> they were making mistakes right. on stage but also what I loved was the actors you could see them turning away from the front and laughing and Great. enjoying themselves Great. really enjoying themselves and that, that was all part of the festival feel but that project uh, came about um, well we wanted to make a show you know, for a, a, a festival environment so Simon and I were bouncing some ideas back and forward and I think, I think he suggested The Secret Life of Walter Mitty as an idea, and I was intrigued by that because I'd always you know, heard, of, heard of it and knew it as a film, an old film, and then as a remake. Simon, I think, had only seen the remake and was fascinated by it, but more than that, the, the name Walter Mitty was, was a name I grew up with because my mum and dad would always say, oh, Jesus, you're like, Walter Mitty, come on, snap out of it, you're a dreamer. Mm. So I only, I only ever knew it as something negative, right? So when I read the short story, and it's really short, it's like 12 pages long, and it's available online. It's, um, I think the story was donated to the New Yorker, so they still publish it online. Um, they host it online. And the story is just these incredibly vivid dreams, daydreams of Walter Mitty. So it starts with him flying through an ice storm in this bomber, um, and his uh, Air Force men think they're not going to make it, then suddenly, you know just as the ice is forming on the windscreen, a windscreen wiper goes past and his wife says, "Slow down." And you realize he's in the car. Right. And the reason why he's dreaming about that is escaping from the mundanity. Um, but all of his dreams are inspired by what's immediately around him. Um, eventually, his wife gets really angry with him and just says, "What's up with you today?" You know, you're, you're in one of your weird moods again. And he snaps at her and says, don't you ever think that I'm just sometimes thinking? Mm. And that blew me away because for my whole life, uh, my connotation with that name was negative And negative aspects of daydreaming. In that simple line, he completely reclaimed and justified daydreaming. So I had a total revelation then and realized that at the moment we're in the middle of a cultural and political crisis. It's a lack of imagination, yeah. And our ability to break free from a binary yes or no, black or white, you know, opposition. Um, you yeah, know, you can see this in education, you can certainly see it in politics at the moment. So I thought, this is so timely, let's explore, let's celebrate daydreaming. And that's what it became. And. and Pitching a very simple idea towards um, Phil Porter as the writer, and Phil was great. He was so open. And I remember when he when he delivered the the first script, he just went, "I don't know what it is," you <laughs> know, <laughs> just uh, slapped it down. And you know, maybe in another context, we'd have got alarm bells. Yeah. But actually, that was the spirit of it. And he wrote with a freedom that allowed us freedom to play. But saying that, it's one of the hardest shows that I've ever had to wrestle with because you're having to make your own logic in the rehearsal room, yeah. and it's always a house of cards. Anybody who makes a show about science fiction, I think, probably yeah, goes through that. You know, all it takes is someone in the room to say, so does this mean I'm alive or not? Do I hear this, or, or am I just a, you know? Yeah, 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 it's theatre, it's theatre. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> fine. <laughs> but we would find out, Simon would was, get so far, and then go, oh, and it would just, yeah. you know, the, the logic. Collapses, but we had a great cast, lovely team, and it was an absolute joy to present it in such a different environment. Mm-hmm. And and I think we're we're going to look for ways to bring that, that back. You've got to do it again. You've it got it It was such again. good fun. You know, Phil did a great job. Simon did a brilliant job as well. So
1: I think one thing that's been absolutely brilliant about this year is we've had a double ignition experience. Yeah. We've had the. Um, Yearly male programme, but we, as we've talked about before, we got to um, got to introduce the Ignition for Women programme to the family.
0: Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Um, introduced as a pilot. Mm. Um, that felt very important, I think, um, for lots of reasons. Um, primarily to work out whether the way we work on Ignition, the way we approach it works for a female cohort. Um, it was a great relief and, and joy to find that it, it does. Yeah. Um, but also, another reason for it to be a pilot was to take some of the pressure off of um, uh, Jess uh, Jess Williams and Sophie Shaw who were, who were leading on it. Um, that only felt fair. I think it was testimony to them and their quality and attitude that they they didn't rest on that they made their life so difficult oh, <laughs> because of their ambitions yeah. and aspirations for that they were so stressed but it goes back to you know what we've said on many times if it if it doesn't hurt it's not worth yeah. doing. but um it was brilliant to see them lead those young women and to see those young women come together and grow and support each other and then deliver absolutely knockout work and then come back again and deliver it at river stage in a day in a, day, in a day, in a day, absolutely, in an environment which, again, doesn't have all that technical support. You're not looking at how beautiful the lights are. You are exposed. There are people walking by. There are clouds. It's starting to rain. You keep going. And again, I was worried, worried for them. And then and then, I just looked at the audience mm. and how enchanted and empowered they were by the confidence and togetherness and power of these young women. Yeah, it was a, it was a really uh, brilliant time. And we talk about the growth of the participants on Ignition. This is something I, I'm very keen to point out to everybody. Ignition is always made by people who are on a... a you know, they're growing them, themselves. Um, it, even the uh, Ignition for Men this year, it was fantastic to have Neil Bettles back but you know, every time he does come back, he comes back with a wealth of knowledge and tests himself, yeah. stretches himself, and he's there with Gavin and Sean, who Sean is a an ignition graduate himself, who's on a on a real fast journey too. And even more, there's Gavin, who's come through the MA, who I, I just thought it was brilliant to see him in that environment, inspiring people um, and really testing himself. And also, I got to work with them on what we call the mega mix, mm. you know, which where we made this uh, this physical scene based on four um scenes from uh, past frantic shows i mean that i mean that's talking about something else now but that was a brilliant team and each should come from different areas i think that was so wonderful what was so wonderful about this year was just seeing how many people have come together and have grown from their interaction with each other and for those young women on ignition that's just the start yeah but it's also the start for Sophie. Yeah. And it's a continuation for Jess. And as long as you keep putting yourself in that difficult place, you know, you are on that that upward trajectory. I don't think anybody's anybody's particularly interested in, in making life easy for themselves, and that's absolutely right.
1: I think people on the outside um, <sighs> I think those people make it look too easy sometimes from the outside. An audience rocks up on uh, the performance times they sit down they watch a show it's 45 minutes to an hour it's high quality um, and what they don't see is the stakes and the, the effort and the fear that goes into making that thing happen. And I think um, yeah I don't think sometimes people realize how much effort's gone into making that thing happen and also, The show is the iceberg, it's the tip of the iceberg, it's all of the the work that goes into finding those participants to uh, cultivating people for years to come around the country. It's the hours and hours of work that Marilyn and Maya and Alicia put into making that thing happen. The show is just the tip
0: of what's an incredible programme of work. Yeah, and even just looking at the show when people say, you know, that was amazing what you achieved in five days. Of course they won't know any different but i always think you've got no idea yeah you've got no idea what it actually takes to create that and i don't just mean about the rehearsals i mean that leap of faith those young people Mm. take to come from their homes to meet people for the first time and to make a show without ever asking what we did yeah what what my lines what we're gonna be wearing um the the faith and work ethic is extraordinary and that's why I think people have so much to learn from ignition and it's not just about going on to a career in the arts you can you can apply that anywhere and I've said in the past as well you know um, someone like Shadan Nuri is uh, you know the guy is a huge <laughs> bodybuilder uh, and fitness trainer um, fitness instructor but he speaks about ignition in a way that you know it it's possibly the most beautiful and meaningful about what it means to him and about how he applies what he found, and that needs celebrating. Yeah, got to ask you, Johnny, what did you get in your stocking this year? Oh, I got Was it the usual <laughs> sack of coal? <laughs> Sorry to hear that. It's Um,
1: now I got a very special uh book, it's a, it's a lovely glossy coffee table book
0: and is this it here that
1: you brought it's it in? here I brought it in
0: to show you oh. you've never seen it before ah the French Assembly book Always Forward Never Back a beautiful compendium <laughs> of <our> images <laughs> from 25 years of <laughs> <laughs> what made you do this Scott? again it's the challenge it's the yeah. it's um, it's the team saying wouldn't it be great if mm. and I think Simon Pitman has been saying for a few years what you what you should do as a coffee table book yeah um not entirely sure I knew what that meant but like yeah 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 Yeah. Um, but we do sit on you know 25 years of images and image is a massive part of of what we do and I've always wanted our imagery imagery not to look like theatre imagery because it's very important that somebody doesn't go past a poster and go oh well that's theatre and you need to look at it as an image first and then find out what it is and have your heart sink (laughs) Um, yeah, so this book, it's, um, yeah, Kerry and I have put it together with a, a designer called James Illman, and he's done a fantastic job, it's beautiful. really beautiful, and I, I couldn't, be more, couldn't be more proud of it. It's, um, it's the kind of embodiment of this experience this year, you know, yeah. the, the kind of 25th birthday celebrations, all of that goodwill and lovely stuff that people have said, all those memories to have a foreword by um, Dame Sian Phillips, yeah, it, and to read it. I've read it once <laughs> and know. found myself filling up, you so I've never gone back to read it again. <laughs> it's such a beautiful thing. Um, and then have comments from the public as well about yeah. you know, what it means. It's just, it's really, it's really special.
1: What I love is when I flick through it, it's a cliche but every single picture in this book tells a story not just of the the show it might be the way that I remember watching a show and the way it made me feel but there are stuff in here where there's so many
0: stories that are based around the people that made that image happen And um, exactly well I hope it captures the it, warmth of uh, my warmth and kind of gratitude towards the people who, who've made that happen yeah. and also the fun we've had while we're doing it because I think it's I don't want it to be a a I never wanted it to be like a you know po-faced you know recollection of some arty images. I wanted it to capture the nonsense, yeah. the fun, the risks, the disasters, the celebrations. And I don't think it does that. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm absolutely chuffed that we've pulled this off. Mm. Mm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but again, it's only. Um, will there be another one in the next twenty five years? Oh. it's only the beginning though isn't it there's so much more to tell so much more to do and then with stuff coming up for the the 26th year yeah we have a party every year now but oh yeah forward, yeah still here still here still. yay <laughs> um, but new relationships new collaborations new
0: productions yeah um, on the horizon well exactly um, and I think that was all part of the 25th year you're just having a, having a think about what it means to have 25 years of making work behind you, I wanted to make sure that the the work i am going on to make is challenging, that there are new voices that I'm collaborating with. And one of the craziest situations I find myself in is now collaborating with the absolutely wonderful Kathy Burke. Everyone's favourite. Oh, my God. She is uh, possibly possibly my favourite actor. Yeah. And I think what she provides is is truth and I don't just mean kind of gritty you know it'd be very easy to just say yeah it's truthful because it's gritty and grimy because that's the kind of work she's found herself in it's more than that it's more than that I just think she's brilliantly talented and now I find myself co-directing mm-hmm. with the, you know, the next show uh, from and you
1: haven't done it yet but from R&Ds and stuff that you've done already with her what um, are there already differences in your process do you well, know?
0: I, well we're finding our way yeah. and you know hopefully what we bring complements each other but uh, it's definitely going to be different yeah. um, but that's that's the reason to do it yeah. you know you don't collaborate with someone you completely agree with there's no point in that and I don't know what we disagree about yet um, but she's a she's a brilliant director with a fantastic eye and is a wonderfully warm human being. And I think it's, it's, well, I know it's already a privilege to, to be in this, in this with her, but it's all about the potential. You know, what can we make together? So it, it's really exciting, but it's also, again, it's come about because Pete says, why not? Why don't we ask her? And we found ourselves standing outside her front door for the first meeting, and I was thinking, What will Kathy Burke be like? Will Kathy Burke be like the Kathy Burke I think she'll be? And at the time, I think um, uh, one of her cats was very ill, and you know she was um, obviously upset by that. But we knocked the door, and she opened the door and said, uh, "Come in, lads. Apologies, I've got a very sick." (laughs) And I thought, "Yeah, this is Kathy Burke (laughs) delivering (laughs) (laughs) bang."
1: So, where and when can we see the Graham Burke collaboration? <laughs> Graham Burke?
0: Was that, is that I'm thinking of who are Burke the people? And, Burke, Burke and Hare, Hare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Burke and Harry. Yeah, the show's called I, I, I Think We're Alone. And it's written by Sally Abbott, who's done an amazing job, absolutely amazing job. And this project started off as something that was very personal to me. I wanted to explore intimacy. I wanted to understand. Uh, women's relationship, women's changing relationship with intimacy from childhood you know, onward because I was seeing my daughters grow and change mm. and, and I could see the rules of intimacy changing faster than they could keep up with especially through social media. Yeah. So you know, they were occasionally getting their fingers burnt, they were occasionally finding out new things the hard way and I was just intrigued because it's not something that I will ever feel it, it, it's different, which is one of the reasons why I was you know, desperate to collaborate with a real strong female team. And Sally Abbott and Kathy Burke definitely are that. But I have to say, as I was starting this, this project, I really struggled to take it beyond my own personal thoughts. It, it just wasn't quite sparking. What Sally has done... She has allowed herself to be inspired by those thoughts and then taken it somewhere else. So if you look at this play now, it's... You won't recognise where it comes from, but I can still feel it. Yeah. It still feels like it's that exploration because one of the big things that I realised about <coughs> social media and intimacy, it's very obvious. It's about our desire and need to connect and about loneliness. And loneliness is one of our current crises and it's probably gonna get worse because you know, the huge potential for social media, media and modern living to deliver connection, actually, it might be doing the opposite, yeah. yeah I'm, not, not, I'm not necessarily delivering a downer on social media and, and, and modern life at all, but it certainly has that potential to make us colder and further away from the people we're trying to get closer to because we often present a version of ourself that is curated and is a cold, you know, calculated version of ourselves. Yet the desire to connect and for warmth remains. And that fundamentally is what the show is still about. So I'm completely indebted to Sally and Cathy for helping that idea
1: mutate. So I think we're alone. We can see that in theatres from...
0: Well, we start rehearsals... In January, and we open at this. In a couple of weeks. Do. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's come around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, once I work off the Christmas uh, padding. Um, You're rehearsing in Plymouth. Uh, no, in London, and yeah. then Plymouth. We open in Plymouth. Nice, and then there's a tour in the UK. Yeah, fantastic tour. Pete's done a brilliant job. Um, yeah, can't wait to get it out. <laughs> So, two thousand nineteen, done, done, done. Thanks, Johnny.
1: Thanks, Scott.
0: Pleasure as always. This, uh, this rounds up our second series of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been emotional. It's been heavy emotional. Yeah. No, it's been really good to um, just look back over the over the year. Um, always, always looking forward as well. Um, it's gonna be a really exciting couple of years because all of those plans that I can't talk about now are all kind of they're all falling into place.
1: As ever, if you've got something to say based on what Scott and I have been nattering away about, then you can get in touch with us at podcast at franticassembly.co.uk or through all of our social media channels just by using the hashtag frantic podcast. See you in 2020. I'll see you in 2020. I'll see you in 2020.
0: And this is where you can help us raise £25,000. So this is our 25th birthday and we are asking for your help to support the work we do by making a donation to our 25 at 25 fundraising appeal. Since 1994, Frantic Assembly has been making theatre accessible, breaking down barriers to engagement and participation and providing opportunities for young people to discover and develop careers in the arts. Our 25 at 25 appeal is incredibly simple. We want to raise £25,000. This will help us continue making thrilling theatre and create vital opportunities to develop young talent. You can do this by making a one-off donation or by setting up a regular monthly direct debit. We also invite you to be part of the frantic journey by becoming a frantic champion. For an annual fee of £10, champions will receive regular news updates and advance notice of shows and events. More than that though, you'll be supporting our work. You will be a champion of the company and part of the worldwide frantic family. If you are a UK taxpayer, we may be able to claim gift aid on your donation, which means for every pound you donate, we can claim an additional 25 pence. Please check the gift aid box when making a donation. Thank you all.